Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations. I'm your host, Mark Dennis, and my guest host, Francis Harry. How are you, Francis? Uh, well, a little bit wearied from all the storms, but um, we prayed and we have um, triumphed <laughs> with the, by the grace of God, I'm sure. Yeah, my wife and I, actually, we just got back from uh, the Northeast and we sort of... Uh, uh, transition back just north of the storm. We saw the storm line last night as we were coming back. Uh, got got back towards uh, the Cleveland area last night and then finished the trip today. So we missed it all, but I did get calls about uh, power outages and down trees and all the rest of it. Sounds like it was a, a difficult couple of days here in the uh, in the greater Dayton area. Well, it gives us an opportunity to appreciate the luxuries of life like electricity. <laughs> You sometimes think maybe the Lord's trying to get our attention and remind us that uh, all of these things that we've become so dependent on are uh, are not really what we're dependent on. We're dependent on Him. Absolutely. Well, in light of that, why don't we begin, uh, as we do each week, with a prayer, please. All right. Our theme tonight is on spiritual direction. So I thought that this prayer from St. Ralph Kalinowski, who is a discalced Carmelite, uh, would be appropriate. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, hope of suffering humanity, our refuge and our strength, whose light pierces the black clouds that hang over our stormy sea, enlighten our eyes so that we can direct ourselves toward you, who are our harbor. Guard, guide our bark with the rudder of the nails of your cross, lest we drown in the storm. With the arms of this cross, rescue us from the turbulent waters and draw us to yourself, our only repose, morning star, son of justice. For with our eyes obscured by tears, we can catch a glimpse of you there on the shores of our heavenly homeland. Redeemed by you, we pray, save us for the sake of your holy name and all this through Mary. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Francis. Well, as Francis said, this uh, particular program is dedicated to an important theme in the uh, the charism of Carmel, which, of course, is contemplative prayer. And that theme is around spiritual direction. We've been asked a, a couple of times, Francis, to provide more uh, perspective, if you will, or insight on spiritual direction and Francis and I are both going to be during this program offering our individual perspectives and experience we're also going to draw on the great Carmelite saints and others of the uh, uh, within the church who help us understand the uh, significance of spiritual direction spiritual guidance um, and I want to go back just a moment, Francis, as you and I discussed just before we came on the air. This was really the genesis of this program. I remember the president of Radio Maria approaching us and asking whether we'd be interested in doing uh, a program on Carmelite spirituality, but specifically around how that spirituality can be incorporated into one's daily life and lead one on the path uh, to holiness and union with the Father. And we saw it in the context of spiritual direction. Yes, indeed. And we do know that we all have that call to holiness, and the Pope has reiterated that many times. And so uh, I can't think of anyone better than three doctors of the Church who are a living example of how to do God's will and to follow Him. Living through their writings, of course, and their teachings, and you're referring to St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of 
of Avila and St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, three doctors of the church, and there are others who will mention. But this program really began as an effort on both mine and Francis's part to introduce our audience to those saints, those um, figures in the history of our order who provide us the roadmap, the uh, the switchbacks, the guidance, the direction, if you will, on how we can both begin and continue this journey. And it's such an important part. You know, Francis, you and I have the great privilege of, of approaching these mics each week um, and, and being able to have our conversation, as you and I do in so many other venues. Uh, but really, the uh, the source of strength, the wisdom, comes from the history of our order and the great saints of our order who have provided a direction not only to those in Carmel, but really uh, throughout the history of the church and for so many across the church. And of course, as Carmelites, we know that it is through Mary, under her mantle, that we look to be in allegiance to Jesus Christ to do the Father's will. So, But this is universal for all of us, so um, we just have that special accent on um, this growth in the spiritual life through prayer. And so we hope that we can uh, bring our listeners to um, uh, looking at something in a different way that would be helpful. Well, and we want to begin, I think, uh, by re-inviting our listeners to participate in our conversations, most especially, I think, for this program, uh, the importance of spiritual direction. We know there are many of you out there who both uh, have participated in spiritual direction. You may be spiritual directors yourself. Uh, You may have experiences that would be very beneficial for others to hear. And, of course, Francis and I are happy to share our individual experiences. We will do that. Uh, But I think this is a particularly important area where um, a, a great many perspectives and, and uh, insights uh, would uh, contribute significantly to the understanding of uh, of the important area of spiritual direction. So let me, if I may, just remind our listeners of our uh, uh, call-in number, which is 1-866-333-6279. Again, that's one 866 333 Six two, seven nine, and I think that we really need to begin defining what spiritual direction is because this may be a term that is foreign to some of our listeners. Um, and so let's let's. I think you and I both have maybe a different perspective on this. So I'll let you go first and say how you define this spiritual direction. Well, uh, I'll offer my own perspective again. I draw from the um, the writings of uh, of our great Carmelite saints along with others in the area of spiritual direction. We'll mention some of those throughout the course of the program. Um, But I want to talk first about providing guidance in prayer. Actually, I want to emphasize this. Uh, There is really no stage at the journey, along the journey uh, to holiness where a spiritual direction wouldn't be beneficial and wouldn't be appropriate. In other words, you should begin right away. If you've made a commitment to a life of prayer, if you've made a commitment to a conversion, if you're along that path of conversion and deepening uh, your prayer life, and you're not today seeking spiritual direction, I want to encourage you to do that. I'm, I'm going to caution you, as we'll talk about later, uh, of the, um, the, the challenge to find good spiritual spiritual directors, but I want to encourage you to begin a prayer 
uh, a novena, perhaps, that the Lord would reveal to you who that uh, potential spiritual director might be, someone to come into your life and help you along this journey that we're going to describe. But really, there is no time at which it wouldn't be appropriate. So if you haven't begun that, do begin right away. And it's just like if you were going to build a house or start a business, you wouldn't do that without getting some help, you know, asking the builders for specifications, what is the best foundations and the walls and et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and with businesses, what helps promote growth? So we want those same things. So in my particular experience in spiritual direction, and I've met over the years with, with a couple of different directors, um, the, the one consistent theme is always guidance and prayer. They believe it was their role, and, and, and for my current uh, spiritual director, uh, director it is uh, uh, his role to guide me in prayer. Prayer, both um, uh, basic uh, vocal prayer uh, and the value of that, the depth of that, its, its uh, uh, source in Scripture. Uh, certainly meditative prayer and a process around meditation, not so much a methodology or a sequence of steps, but understanding the value of meditative prayer, uh, the significance of it, its role in, in the spiritual journey, uh, where it's appropriate, how it um, can be applied uh, even in the course of a busy daily life. And, of course, contemplation, which is perhaps the most complex or or one that bears more uh, conversation and description uh, with a spiritual director, and that's the timing um, and the role of contemplation. So certainly guidance and prayer is a central theme in spiritual direction. I'm going to let you pick up on one, Francis. Well, the next thing um, would be provide knowledge in the Scripture and applying Scripture uh, to our life because it's very important for us to know that when we hear Scripture proclaimed at Mass, or we're reading it in a group, that we take some part of it, uh, a phrase or uh, uh, a word in particular that strikes us, and then apply it to our life. Uh, Use it to make a resolution to grow. Where is God challenging us to grow as we read that scripture? If we're just reading it and kind of just intellectualizing, we're, we're missing out on a great opportunity. Yeah, I can't emphasize that one enough. One of the uh, the folks that I've seen over uh, the, the last many years was, in fact, a Scripture scholar, and it was very beneficial to have this person uh, open up the Scriptures, unwrap them, if you will, and provide insight. And I would often go to this person with questions about uh, a particular phrase in a psalm, put it in an historical context related to a, uh, a New Testament uh uh, verse and chapter and so forth, and that's very beneficial. It's it's a more intellectual exercise in that regard, but the the, um, the the knowledge of scripture I think is terribly important in providing that knowledge in a spiritual context. Again, not not purely a, a, a historical or exegesis of scripture, uh, but really putting it in a spiritual context. I think that's terribly important. Well, and also by studying, especially the New Testament, we find out who Jesus is. What was he like in certain situations what did he do what did he not do how did people respond to him who am i when i respond to jesus which character do i resemble and how am i being challenged to change so we really want to apply this and we want to know who jesus is so that we can follow him and imitate him Right. And and spiritual direction. Again, I'm not suggesting to uh, our listeners that you must go out and find a scripture scholar. Certainly that's not the requirement. A spiritual direction is not fundamentally an intellectual exercise, but it is important to uh, engage with someone who can discern. 
what may be being revealed to you uh, and help you in a prayerful way to, as I say, unwrap uh, the scripture verses that are part of your meditation, uh, part of your daily activity, and we hope part of your reading on your own spiritual journey. Well, you just hit on another area. You said provide discernment. So, you know, that's insight into, you know, what's going on in your life. You want to talk about that a little? Yeah, I think it's important for a spiritual director to, and we'll talk about the skills and the, the, uh, the character traits that you'll look for in a good spiritual director, but we're talking now about the definition. What is it? Someone who helps you along the journey. We know this journey is not the flicking of a switch. It's not black and white. It's not one day I'm here and the next day I'm there and that's the end of the journey, so to speak. Uh, this is a process. It's an, uh, an entire lifetime, a process of growing in our relationship with the Lord. We've talked about on this program so many times, Francis, the various uh, stages of maturity and the spiritual life and the development of the spiritual life. We'll speak about some different models of that here in a moment. But knowing where you are along the path, not so much because you're trying to pinpoint your progress. There's actually some danger in that. But knowing how to respond at different stages. When you hit, for example, a stage of aridity and dryness in prayer, so many people, if they don't have uh, insight or guidance in that regard, say, well, I guess my spiritual journey's over now, or, you know, this isn't for me, and they turn away, as Teresa of Avila says, so many of us uh, turn away early on in the journey because we don't have faith or we don't have uh, uh, understanding as to where we are. A spiritual director can provide insight in that regard. Well, and you use the word process, and i that's one of the words that I like in the definition I came up with that I had read somewhere, and it is that Spiritual direction is a process, so it, it goes along a period of time. It's not just a one-time-only thing. It's a process that's carried out in the context of a one-on-one -on -one relationship in which a competent guide, so somebody that you're looking up to, and we'll talk about that competency in a little bit here, in which a competent guide helps a fellow Christian to grow in the spiritual life. So the the thing here is to grow, and you grow by doing God's will. Yeah, and that's really the measure is... Um I don't want to say the measure of the success of the director, because in fairness, uh, we have a role to play clearly in this uh, process of, of spiritual maturity. But that's really the measure uh, of whether we're making progress along that path. We have to know a little bit about that path. The spiritual director, the spiritual guide can give us insight. He or she can provide us uh, milestones along the way, uh, or at least look at the different stages. We know this is not... Um, sort of a sequential, you know, perfect uh, uh, series of events in, in the spiritual path. We know we go back and forward different parts of our life. We will make progress, for example, on the home front, but maybe not as well in business. Or uh, we're particularly um, well-balanced in the home, but not in our social life, whatever the case might be. Um, so we know this is not linear. Uh, and a spiritual director, a spiritual guide, can help us understand what might be happening, especially, as I said, when we reach those moments of aridity, of dryness, we may lose um, some of our footing in terms of our faith. And a spiritual director, a good spiritual guide, can be there to say, God is still there. God hasn't changed. Um, the the um, you know experiences that you're having are common. They're, they're well-documented in the history of the saints and so forth. 
provide counsel, provide encouragement, provide um, uh, prayer, the, the spiritual director, the spiritual guide, uh, prays for the directee and helps uh, that person along the path. Those are important roles in the process of spiritual direction. Now, we're not talking about the director per se, but in the process of spiritual direction. The last I would say, Francis, is this protection against error. Or deception. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I've used the analogy on occasion in the past. You know, the spiritual director can serve as uh, sort of the bumper guards on the um, the bowling alley. You know, when you <laughs> take life. your yeah, you take your child. <laughs> Somebody to, get knocked over. <laughs> right. uh, and, and you're that bowling ball trying to, you know, move down the aisle, uh, so to speak. Be the, centered. The <laughs> yeah, and, and so the the spiritual director can get, provide those bumper guards to make sure that you stay on the path, that you don't go too far afield, that you don't become overly zealous or overly discouraged, or, uh, or attached, or, or overly attached, or run off in a tangent. Um, they're there to provide balance. They're there to provide a calm and, and a, a reiteration: God is real. God loves you. God is supporting you. God is guiding you. Don't. You know, don't overreact. This was so much of what uh, the, the, the great saints uh, in our order, of course, experienced and, and the kind of guidance and direction they got. Of course, they had significant um, uh, spiritual experiences many times. Teresa Bavala writes about so many uh, dramatic experiences in her life at times, feeling like, oh, it's it's all lost. It's all over. I'm... Um, you know, I'm forsaken, and she needed a Peter of Alcantara as one example, or uh, St. John on occasion, St. John of the Cross. Or St. Francis Borgia. Right, to provide her that, that critical guidance and direction. So guidance against error, well, very important. Also with this guidance against error would be also uh, subtle forms of self-love or or pride that, you know, as a directee, I might not see, but I'm talking and, you know, I may so cloud my vision that I can't see this. So having the director there is a, a, a person who, you know, will truthfully in charity and justice lead me to truth rather than just my own vision of things. Yeah, it's important to know. I've encouraged our, our listeners here and Francis, I know, would applaud this effort. Uh, that our listeners seek spiritual direction if you're not involved in that process today. But it's important to know why you do it. It's important to know what it is and what it's not. It is guidance and prayer. It is knowledge of Scripture. It is insight into what might be happening on the journey. And it is protection against significant error. That's why you enter into spiritual direction. Again, that's not the spiritual director. That's a different um, a series of, uh, of points that we want to raise. But as important, Francis, we want to say what spiritual direction is not. Well, before we get to that, though, I, I just want to summarize it really quickly by the rich man in the gospel, the rich young man who said, what must I do to gain eternal life? That's what spiritual direction is. It is being open to what will draw us to do God's will. So, you know, in a nutshell, what must I do to obtain eternal life and to do God's will? I know one of the uh, early conversations I had with one of my spiritual directors uh, uh, centered around 
uh, that very question, what what do you think spiritual direction is? That's, by, by the way, a very good question that a spiritual director uh, uh, should ask, could ask in a first meeting with someone. Yes. Uh, what is it you're seeking? What are you what are you hoping to get out of spiritual direction? And I don't want to uh, presume the answer is a, a, that's a good uh, beginning to a dialogue. But it's as important to know what spiritual direction is not. Spiritual direction is not, for example, psychological analysis. Um, there ought to be some basic understanding of human behavior and human development on the part of an effective spiritual director, but it is not really the place to go for psychological analysis or if there is a significant psychological problem. Even with someone who may be on a spiritual journey, um, spiritual direction is not really the appropriate place uh, for dealing with psychosis or or something uh, that would really require a different discipline, a different profession. Yeah, it's not, not mental counseling. <clears throat> right. It's a, it's very different because this deals mainly with the spiritual life and how it affects your your physical life. Yeah, and, and certainly as we know, we've read in the saints there will be uh, psychological manifestations. We've talked about discouragement, sometimes despair, um, ecstasy, and zeal, and so forth. These are extremes, but. Um, there will be manifestations of that. This is this is different. Right. Uh, psychological instabilities uh, are not really uh, appropriate um, um, uh, discussion points, if you will, for spiritual direction. Uh, along with that, I would say interpersonal <clears throat> problem resolution. While I'm having difficulty with my boss, I better go get some spiritual yeah. direction. And it's not uh, marriage counseling, <clears throat> although, no. you know, spiritual direction can help your marriage, no doubt about that, just as it can help in relationships. But it is is not uh, specifically, you know, a counseling session for that. Yeah, this is a careful one, I think, and we have to be uh, cautious in, in drawing a line of distinction because certainly interpersonal um, uh, behaviors and interactions will come up in the midst of a spiritual a session, a spiritual directing, uh, directing session. Uh, it's, it's conceivable they'll come up. Uh, more often than not, uh, I'll step out on a limb here and say that that relationship should be between the directee and Jesus Christ uh, or the Holy Spirit um, and understanding how that relationship is developing, um, where it becomes uh, more focused on a spouse, a child, a, a, a co-worker, a parent, um, then it may have moved off the course of spiritual direction. So it's just a, a, a point of caution. It's not an area for interpersonal problem resolution. Yeah, you might be having these problems, and what you're trying to do is see how God is uh, teaching you or encouraging you or directing you in that situation, uh, but not as, uh, as in relationship to relationship for its own sake. Right. Another area to be cautious of in spiritual direction, another area it is not, is education on a unique or individual form of theology. Uh, spiritual direction is not about teaching you, uh, for example, creationist theology. If you have a bent towards uh, uh, you know, a particular uh, area of theological um, endeavor um, without making a judgment call on any of them, I'll just say that's not what spiritual direction is about. It's not about education. It's not about uh, uh, theological 
um, a dialogue uh, around you know uh, particular issues or or um, uh, areas of theological investigation. Yeah, not platforms. Yeah, <laughs> political platforms either. You you may find somebody who has a particular discipline, an academic uh, discipline in an area, and you may see that person as potentially a good spiritual director. Uh, the caution would be simply draw the line of distinction between education and spiritual direction. Spiritual directors should be well-educated in a number of disciplines. We'll talk about that. Uh, But that's not the uh, driving force behind spiritual direction. It's not education. Um, It's insight. It's wisdom. It's guidance. uh, But it's not education. So it's like, you know, um, if you're working on the virtues, it it would be how to apply this virtue and how to practice it in your life, not just to teach you what the virtues are. Is that what you're saying, too? Yeah, exactly. Uh, The last one I would caution against is soul companionship. And this is actually drawn from the literature on spiritual direction. But um, it it isn't about two friends deciding they want to become each other's spiritual directors or uh, just a, a, Francis, you and I uh, have a lot of spiritual conversations over coffee and tea and whatnot. Yeah, because we know spiritual friendships are very good. Very important, but I don't think either of us perceive the other as a spiritual director in that regard. So um, this is a conversation that we have each week, and we have uh, oftentimes more than once a week. But uh, And I have the same relationship with my wife. I suspect you do with your husband and with other friends in our community. Yes. Uh, who we feel comfortable sharing our individual journeys with. But that's not spiritual direction. There's a distinction between uh, just good dialogue, good conversation, even uh, seeking um, um, counseling and strength, uh, asking for prayer. Those are all important elements of community, mm-hmm. uh, but they are not in and of themselves spiritual direction. Right. And however, the Lord may use your spiritual friendships to give you a direction okay because he uses many means books you know uh conferences uh even radio programs like carmelite conversations we hope we hope hope. (laughs) but but the the aspect of of spiritual direction is again that that one-on-one with a a a mentor, a guide, experienced guide, experienced right. guide, a competent one to help you grow in doing God's will to grow in the spiritual life. Well, let's break there. And when we come back, I want to draw a clear distinction between spiritual direction and confession. Well, I won't say a clear direction uh, or distinction, some, some distinction between the two. Then we'll talk about the traits of a good spiritual director. And then finally, some sources that you can turn to if you don't have a spiritual director today. I want to remind you, you're listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home.
Welcome back to Carmelite Conversations. Uh, again, your host, Mark Danis, and with me in the studio, as she is each week, Frances Harry. We're talking this week about spiritual direction and wanting to understand uh, what spiritual direction is, what it's not, uh, what you look for in a good spiritual director. And as we went to the break, Francis, we started with this question, uh, trying to draw a distinction between confession, reconciliation, the sacrament, um, and spiritual direction. Now, I, I will say and acknowledge, I guess, up, up front that uh, certainly the two blend together. There are many instances where um, spiritual direction, when provided by a priest, can include uh, confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. And there are instances when one seeks reconciliation where spiritual direction may be provided. Right, but a lot I, of crossover. Yeah, but but I think it's fair to say that they're not one in the same. Right. And we shouldn't be using our uh, perhaps monthly, which is a good idea, yes. uh, monthly reconciliation, uh, re- uh, sacrament of reconciliation, uh, for our spiritual direction. Okay, in, so you you got to tell the difference. Yeah, unless that particular person, the priest, happens to be our spiritual director, then I would argue that what we're really saying is we're, we're uh, engaging in our monthly um, encounter for spiritual direction, and as part of that, uh, we're, we're going to seek reconciliation. We're going to go to confession uh, to that priest. Um, now, I would, uh, I certainly have no position on this. I would leave it up to the priest, uh, who is also in this case your spiritual director, uh, director to determine uh, how often, uh, whether it's appropriate that you would do that each time you meet, regardless of how often you meet, how frequently you meet. Um, but that's the one exception where your priest is your spiritual director um, and also your confessor. Uh, you may combine the two. But there is a distinction between the two. And we also know that your spiritual director doesn't have to be a priest. Does not have to be a priest. So, that's right. We'll talk about that, that in the traits. In fact, if we have any priests listening who would like to uh, reflect on that, I think it's important that we get a priest's perspective because I've heard this uh, from a couple of different priests um, their their perspective on the combination of spiritual direction, spiritual guidance, and confession. Uh, and just to remind all of our listeners, the number, if you do want to participate in the conversation, is 1-866-333-6279. Again, that's 1-866-333-6279. Well, the main point, again, Francis, is just to draw a distinction between the two. Uh, you can certainly uh, seek reconciliation. Again, uh, it's strongly suggested that you might do that once a month. And we didn't address the question, but I'll uh, raise and address it now, and that is how often should one seek spiritual guidance, spiritual direction? Uh, certainly that's a more wide-open question, and I, again, would defer to the spiritual director uh, on how often he or she would want to meet with the directee. Uh, but certainly once a month is not inappropriate. Um, and again, if you're maintaining a fairly steady regimen of uh, daily prayer and perhaps uh, a daily Eucharist and, and reconciliation, uh, then meeting once a month wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be excessive by any means. Right. Now, there were some other questions, though, that you wanted to address, um, I think, just quickly on this relationship between the director and directee. Well, uh, first of all, was like who... Who goes to spiritual direction? Yeah, and, and I think um, 
at the beginning we discussed anybody who's now made a deliberate um, effort at growing in holiness should really begin to seek out spiritual guidance and spiritual direction. Again, there are many ways to do that outside of a one-to-one relationship, which is the ideal way. Um, we, we've cautioned that there are few uh, really good spiritual directors out there, and, and the challenges in finding them and finding time on their schedule for them to be able to spend with you. Uh, but really, anybody who's made a deliberate commitment to uh, beginning this process, and certainly those who are more advanced and have spent some time now um, in, in the um, a daily routine of prayer and reconciliation and, and Eucharist, uh, should be seeking spiritual guidance, spiritual direction. And so this is not only for those who are becoming priests or nuns or um, monks or um you know, of a religious type. Yeah. So all of us, all certainly, of us seculars certainly. can. And it doesn't have to be just Catholics. Yeah. You know, it can be any uh, faith uh, tradition. Um, I'm, I'm sure that other faith traditions have their spiritual mentors or spiritual directors, Absolutely. too. So yeah. we want to point that out as well. You had a good question, though, about the traits of the directee. Now, we haven't yes. talked about the traits of the director, but in regards to what spiritual direction is and what role the person seeking spiritual direction must play. I thought you had some good observations in that regard. Well, I think very important, when when you are the person who wants to find a spiritual director, you, first of all, have to know that it's important um, what you bring to the table, so to speak. And first and most importantly is this disposition of being transparent, open, um, humble. Humility is huge. It's the foundation. Teresa of Avila tells us that, um, that we must build everything on this bedrock of humility. You, you must come with uh, trust in the person that you're uh, going to be working with as a spiritual director. If you don't trust them, um, you doubt them, then you're, you've already... <laughs> created havoc in, in in the progress that you can make. So you have to be willing to trust. And it's going to take time. You, yeah. you may not feel that at the first session, but it takes time. And you've got to be teachable. You've got to be open to ideas. And, uh, you know, it can be challenging. And it may, it may be, you know, Difficult. there might it might be something ugly come up, you know, that yeah. you have to look at. So you have to believe that this person is directing you um, with charity in in mind, you know, trying to lead you to a more uh, cruciform, Christ-like life. Yeah, it's important this point you raise about openness and transparency and the willingness to be uh, vulnerable almost yes. in in the midst of that relationship, which does take time to build uh, that sort of rapport and trust. But what's important about that is. Uh, and I forget, I think it's uh, St. John of the Cross who talks about those who, you know, they want to look good in front of their spiritual director. <laughs> so kind of like before we go to the dentist, we all brush our teeth, right? Well, you can't, you know, just before you go to see your spiritual director, uh, run to your confessor and clean everything up and s- then go to your spiritual director and say, you know, I was having a rough time, but I'm really doing quite well now. <laughs> right, uh, you're, hiding, not... you're hiding the yucky from <laughs> your spiritual director who really wants to help prevent you from doing yucky. Yeah. Yes, and in fact, St. John of the Cross says, you know, if you're a, a person wishing to advance in perfection, you should take care into whose hands you entrust yourself. 
For as the master is, so will the disciple be. And as the father is, so will the son be. But on the other hand, the virtuous soul that is alone and without a master is like a burning coal. It will grow colder rather than hotter. Right. So he's, he's certainly advocating here both the, the participation in spiritual direction and the willingness to be uh, vulnerable, to, to, to expose ourselves and to open ourselves in, in a trusting relationship. So, and, and we have to develop self-knowledge. We have to look for who we are, who we are in the eyes of God and the eyes of um, our relationships with others. Uh, so this self-knowledge and humility are all very big. Yeah, so if, if you're struggling with those on the journey, a spiritual direction may be able to assist you, but you must be willing uh, to begin to work on those. And I think it's perfectly appropriate to say to your spiritual director, perhaps in the first session or two, um, you know, I'm not ready to discuss everything and does that mean you have to go back over a litany of 25 years of you know bad behavior or whatever your past may have Um, leave that up to your spiritual director leave that up to your guide leave that up to the holy spirit uh, what's necessary for you uh, to reveal certainly in the opening discussions Um, you had the question about what 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 should we talk talk about about? (laughs) yes well i think you earlier said um, you want to talk about the quality of your prayer life and how often Often you pray. That's very important because that is your contact with God. Your one-on-one personal time with God is very crucial to your personal growth. And then, of course, um, you may uh, find it very uh, helpful to have some spiritual studying, some books to read uh, to help you gain knowledge um, and self-knowledge. And then, of course, we want to know, uh, as a spiritual director, we want to know about your sacramental life. Are you frequenting the sacraments, going to confession, communion? Um, are you What struggles are you having in living out this Christian call to holiness? Are you having struggles in the marriage, the family? You know, what what is uh, God saying to you in those struggles? That's the important part here, so that you can change you, not how you change the other. Right. <laughs> it's how you see yourself and how God sees you and how God's calling you to change, to grow in love. One of the most important things, I think, a spiritual director or the process, again, we're on the process of spiritual direction, uh, the engagement in the process of spiritual direction can provide is an understanding that it isn't about being perfect. It isn't about doing everything right. It isn't about, uh, you know, uh, this sort of continual progression uh, uh, into goodness. I mean, all of those deficiencies that are revealed in the dialogue and that are um, ultimately revealed to us by the Holy Spirit are part of the process. That's part of the cleansing, part of the purification, part of the making room for love. Uh, And so we can't resist that. What you talk about, Francis, that we must bring to the process, and I said a moment ago, if you know, if you're ready to acknowledge, I'm not ready to have that conversation, then maybe it's not yet time for you to engage in spiritual direction. You have to go to it with an open heart, uh, with a willingness to engage in dialogue, and albeit there'll be time to build trust. Uh, But you have to enter into that relationship 
relationship um, because, and we should have stressed this at the beginning, we may have said it, but let's reiterate now or emphasize it as we will again. There's really only one spiritual director. Yes. There. <laughs> and every good spiritual director who I've ever spoken to or any uh, person who I uh, know is engaged in spiritual direction, when I have had conversations about that uh, particular discipline, understands well that there's only one spiritual director. Right. And that's Jesus Christ. He is the director of our soul, and the spiritual director is a guide. They may well be a mouthpiece for the Lord if there's sufficient prayer and and sacrifice between the relationship, Uh, but they are really there as a guide. They are not the one. They individually, the human person who is your director, is not the one who is making you holy or guiding you along the path even. Again, as I say, they serve uh, largely as guards, they can interpret, they can educate, they can give uh, insight, they can guide in in uh, styles and methods of prayer. Uh, but really, it's the Lord that's bringing us on this journey. And some people will say the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, it depends on how you're looking at it. But, but you know, they're I, I all working the Trinity, together. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a Trinitarian effort here. <laughs> well, let's talk, uh, Francis, just a moment about some of the traits that we should be looking for in a good spiritual director. Now, I said, and we're going to make this, unfortunately, more difficult for our listeners, but uh, the fact of the matter is there are not um, many who are well-schooled. And this does come from experience. I'm not I'm not uh, citing some uh, study here. I'm uh, speaking from experience that there are not many um, good spiritual directors. It's not a discipline, for example, that all priests uh, are necessarily well-schooled in, uh, that all sisters uh, are necessarily well-schooled in, or brothers, if you're looking for uh, a religious to be your spiritual director. Um, in the lay community, there are certainly those who have sought a certification, special education, uh, along the area of spiritual direction, uh, but that in and of itself doesn't guarantee that you'll have a good spiritual director. There are some traits that we know are absolutely necessary for good spiritual direction, and this does come from um, a, a series of uh, of studies and, and, and the literature in the field uh, written by uh, uh, well-known scholars as well as uh, names that would be familiar to you. We'll mention some of them here as we go through. But uh, we mentioned already this knowledge of Scripture. A good spiritual director must know Scripture. John Paul II said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ. And I don't know how anybody can guide someone else along the spiritual journey if they're not well-grounded in Scripture. And what's the great advantage, Francis, that we as Carmelites have uh, for increasing our knowledge of Scripture every single day? Well, by praying the divine office. Exactly. Well, I'm glad I got that right. (laughs) (laughs) So look for someone who's doing that. Of course, that's true for religious. But uh, if in the lay community you're looking for a good spiritual director, uh, it may be somebody who you already know is is, um, engaging each day in the divine office. And that's morning prayer and evening prayer. That's the official prayer of the church. So uh, anybody wants to know that. I think another point that is important is, and this is a bit more challenging, and that's knowledge of doctrine, knowledge of the teachings of the church. You must understand the economy of salvation. What is God's role in the economy of salvation? What is the role of Jesus Christ? Uh, the reality of the Trinity for us as Catholics, of course, uh, the real presence of, of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist is critical. Uh, an understanding about our fallen nature as human beings 
whoever would engage in spiritual direction must have some basic understanding of doctrine. Now, this is uh, largely available through uh, the catechesis that we have in in either our upbringing as Catholics or maybe we got it as an adult. But and we uh, have that large book, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Exactly, exactly. We have great sources. Uh, but the, whoever would engage in this uh, activity, and if you're looking for someone, um, that they are... Uh, perhaps well-versed in prayer or knowledgeable about Scripture is important, uh, but also that they have a good understanding of doctrine. They understand because, uh, I said earlier, one of the principal roles in spiritual direction is to guide the directee from error, to protect them, really, from falling into error. So this person should be faithful to the teachings of the church. If, If they're not exercising this faithfulness in their own life and in their writings or their um, talks, then, you know, I would be skeptical. Yeah, if you hear someone say, for example, well, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the Catholic Church on this, that, and the other topic, but, you know, I have some problems <laughs> with this particular teaching, uh, that may be someone uh, who you might want to steer away from, and certainly if you hear that uh, sort of comment with any uh, consistency, uh, especially if it's a major issue of, of uh, doctrinal teaching within the Church. Uh, so be careful of that. Look for someone who's well-grounded. What's the next one, Francis? Um, knowledge of prayer, of course. Um, with Teresa, she said um, the three characters were prudence, experience, and learning. And under experience is where this prayer comes, this experience of God, uh, how God is working in the soul, the graces, the blessings, and also the obstacles. So this experience of prayer. So they, may, they need to be a prayer. They need to be doing prayer. Yeah, and if you're uh, someone who, of course, is involved in spiritual direction, you know it's impossible to be successful in guiding another soul unless you are uh, intimately familiar with the Lord and you're in conversation with Him every day. So uh, the need for a consistent uh, and uh, deep prayer life um, is something I think is perfectly appropriate to engage a potential spiritual director in your early conversations on um, what's your own prayer life like uh, what obstacles have you faced and overcome um, and, and you know what what might I anticipate learning from you in the context of meditative prayer contemplative prayer do you have methods that you're particularly attached to of course there are a number of ways uh, to engage in meditation there's the Ignatius uh, spiritual exercises of course there's the approaches that we teach in Carmel there's um, uh, a whole host of uh, methods around this I don't want to uh, elaborate too uh, broadly on this but the point is the person must have a good grounding in uh, a prayer life in a method around uh, both meditative and contemplative prayer and understand the significance of prayer uh, in the growth in holiness and in their efforts to guide you um, in spiritual direction. And the discernment of it all. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's very critical to know whether we're being deceived because, you know, it's it can be very tricky, um, all the things that can happen in prayer. So we ha- we need somebody who, who is aware of the possibilities. You know, this is not without significance either, Francis, that we bring up this particular topic and we talk about prayer and we talk about the chance of um, uh, being led astray. Uh, Teresa of Avila, uh, on a couple of occasions, was given very bad advice. Now, it has to be viewed in the context of history and where she was as a woman in her particular uh, a time that led to some of the poor direction that she received. Uh, and we don't need to go into that. We've done that in, um, in programs on her before. But the point we do want to emphasize is it is possible to get 
bad direction. Uh, it is possible to get confusing direction. And so uh, I, I say again, if you're someone who isn't yet involved in spiritual direction or even perhaps someone who may be, um, make sure you're praying for your spiritual director. If you're a director of souls, for goodness sake, make sure you're praying for those that you direct. I can't provide any more uh, direct advice uh, to spiritual directors than to say, be praying for those you direct. Because we know, we've acknowledged Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, are the directors of our souls, and we are uh, the means of uh, bringing down that grace, if you will, into that relationship. But we only do that through prayer. And it's so um, important because as a director, you are responsible for that soul that you're directing. So if you're misguiding them, then you're accountable to God for that. And so that is a big, big thing. So it's very serious. Yeah, and again, we stress the lack of a, a, a lot of good spiritual directors. It's an unfortunate uh, consequence. It's been true in the history of the church uh, for many, many years. Um, one of the challenges simply is to be a good spiritual director, and we'll, we'll share the lists of some uh, that we would certainly advocate uh, who, who we're familiar with because of their writings, um, requires all of what we've talked about and a few things we haven't touched on yet. Um, but it's not an easy discipline to acquire. It's not uh, for child's play. You know, you can't read a few books and say, I'm a spiritual director. And also, you, you can't just have a Ph.D. and think you can be a great spiritual director because it's not just about knowledge. It's it's really very much a experiential, lived um, uh, experience of seeing God's will and responding favorably to his call. Right. And again, there's nothing more important, I think, Francis, that we could advocate uh, than prayer in that relationship. Prayer for the one seeking a spiritual director, prayer for the spiritual director, uh, for those souls that he or she may be directing, uh, and continual uh, seeking of God's uh, uh, grace for uh, guidance and, and what... Um, a counsel is provided. And one of the great sources of that, of course, is knowledge of the saints and their experiences. So knowing the history of the saints, and this is really back to the beginnings of this program, Francis, um, we have uh, studied, we've read, we've, we've um, analyzed the experiences of St. John of the Cross, of Teresa of Avila, of Elizabeth of the Trinity, of Brother Lawrence, Therese, so, Therese so many of our great saints. And their writings, as well as what others wrote about them who knew them and witnessed their lives, that's one of the greatest sources uh, of both the quality of a spiritual director, that they are familiar uh, with some of the saints and their journey and can articulate to you uh, the ups and downs and the challenges and trials and so forth that are to be expected along that path, uh, but also very explicitly um, those experiences so that you understand how to respond to them. A spiritual director that you might be looking for should be able to share with you some of their own understanding of the lives of the saints and, and their experiences. And since we know that Teresa Vavla provided one of the best maps with her interior castle and the, the seven mansions or dwelling places, and then also John of the Cross was the master of the dark night and those experiences, you know, it would be very important for a spiritual director to have a knowledge of Teresa and John and uh, to understand this spiritual path, which uh, in classical 
theology, I believe, would be called the uh, purgative, illuminative, and unitive life. Right, the, the, the unitive way. Those three basic stages of the spiritual journey, the purgative, illuminative, and unitive, uh, are, are a basis for the beginnings of a conversation around the spiritual journey. Uh, of course, they are uh, sometimes overused and um, uh, perhaps aren't as illustrative as John's uh, four stages, the active night of sense and the passive night of sense, active night of spirit, passive night of spirit. Uh, Teresa, of course, goes into much more elaborate, as you mentioned, the seven mansions. Uh, but the spiritual director should have an approach. They should have uh, an understanding, a school uh, that they're working from. Again, I mentioned before, it might be Benedictine, it might be Franciscan, it might be Ignatian. Jesuits. Uh, right. Uh, any of those are perfectly appropriate, uh, and we're certainly not um, suggesting that Carmel's the only way, although it is the best way, I think, Francis, right? <laughs> For you and I, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we could say that. Uh, but but a spiritual director should have an approach that they're using. It shouldn't be sort of freewheeling and open. There is context that they can work from uh, that will help provide some guidance. The last thing, and I mentioned it earlier, is a, a basic understanding of both human psychology and human development. And I think, in fairness, if you've been a parent, uh, or uh, a sibling, certainly if you've been in a religious community, you probably have gained some understanding of both human psychology and human development. Well, we said we would give some sources that we think are particularly good uh, for uh, providing spiritual direction and some insight into spiritual direction, um, absent the um, the actual person if you're still looking. Right, because we often hear this. We can't find one. Yeah. We certainly would, would suggest, and we have, and, and the programs of all of these are available uh, on this series on the website, St. John of the Cross, uh, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, Therese of Lisieux, Elizabeth of the Trinity, and Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. I think those um, five Carmelite saints would be the ones that we would most advocate their writings, what was written about them, what they have to say about prayer, about the uh, the journey. John does a wonderful job of describing the journey. Teresa tells you a little bit more how to make that journey yourself. Elizabeth, very focused on prayer and silence. Brother Lawrence, much simpler approach. And Teresa. Practicing the presence yeah. with Brother Lawrence, yes. And, and Teresa, of course, in her little way, perhaps the most popular yes, uh, little flowers. approach. Yeah, know. make the, extraordin- the ordinary extraordinary, right? Uh, a couple other quick suggestions. Um, I have found very helpful the writings and the letters of Padre Pio, his actual letters uh, to po- persons he was providing spiritual direction to. These are available today. Um, they're in three volumes. Um, and and he I, was a capuchin, right? He was a capuchin, right. Oh, is that how you say it? <laughs> uh, I think so. I, I could okay. be wrong, actually. But, uh, Franciscan, yeah. And and I think his spiritual direction in his letters is just fantastic. And, of course, Padre Pio lived the entire spectrum uh, of the spiritual journey. Quickly, I would also advocate Jean-Pierre Cassade's um, uh, Divine Abandonment. I think both the, the text... Uh, which we know was a compilation of conferences he gave, and also his letters are very good. And, of course, Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life. Uh, I think those are, are excellent sources if you don't have a spiritual director uh, that you can turn to right away. Francis, others that you would add? Well, I, I'm sure there are many, many, many more, um, but I, you've really 
listed a great a great place to start. And, of course, we always turn to the Holy Spirit when we have no actual person. We, we can turn to the Holy Spirit and to our priests through our confessions. Um, and, and we can go to these lay programs, lay formation programs. And, you know, in a sense, that is the formation, too. It's a sense of spiritual direction, but not individual. Well, we hope this has been helpful. We'll do another program on the spiritual uh, direction uh, topic. Uh, We will be picking up with the lesser of the Carmelite saints, something we've been asked for a couple times now, Francis, um, week after next. But let's close with prayer. Okay, I have this closing prayer from Blessed Mary of Jesus Crucified, who is also a discalced Carmelite. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, inspire me. Love of God, consume me. Along the true road, lead me. Mary, my mother, look upon me. With Jesus, bless me. From all evil, from all illusion, from all danger, preserve me. Amen. Amen. Well, a reminder, you've been listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. God bless.